I'm Kathleen Anderson, part skeptic, part believer, and your host of The Eclipse. Welcome to my podcast, where I dive into the unknown, seeking truth and hope with a healthy dose of skepticism and humor. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode nine of The Eclipse. Thank you for being here with me today. There are literally tens of thousands of podcasts for you to choose from, so I am touched that of all the smart, funny, and exponentially more popular podcasts out there, you chose to listen to mine today. Before I dive into this episode, I have to start off with a few producer notes that have been given to me. For those of you that don't know, my producer is my husband. (laughs) And he informed me after editing the last episode, episode eight, on what he has dubbed time benders that I had a few errors. So I have to obviously correct these errors. So to kind of give you just a quick review, time benders is this concept that my husband, my husband actually calls them time benders. This idea that the people visiting us on UFOs are actually just us from the future, right? They're time travelers. So I had mistakenly thought that the term time benders came from a movie called Time Benders, which is from like the 80s. But actually, the movie I was thinking about was Time Bandits, which has Sean Connery in it, which is a also a terrible movie. My husband loves it. He's a big fan of just movies that are wretched and terrible. <laughs> but I had incorrectly also said that Kurt Russell was in this movie Time Benders that or Time Bandits really I guess is what I was thinking which is not accurate Kurt Russell was in Stargate which is also a terrible movie so full disclosure my husband huge Kurt Russell nerd and I can't blame him Kurt Russell's pretty fantastic and I also like Sean Connery but just because Sean Connery or Kurt Russell are in a movie does not automatically mean that it is cinematically good. So just had to put that out there, though, that I had those errors. So now that we've got that out of the way, (laughs) let's get started with this episode. This episode is a bit of a departure from my previous episodes. When I was kind of creating the concept behind the eclipse, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, various things that are kind of, you know, easy to you know, have a little bit of a sarcastic flair to it, but also interesting and mysterious, like conspiracy theories or monster lore. And of course, you know, aliens and UFOs. But I also wanted to talk about things that were a little bit more grounded in like proven scientific concepts uh, and things that are just not given enough notice or enough respect in media. When I was a kid, I loved science uh, and my daughter loves science. I hope that she is (laughs) much better at it than I ended up being. I was fascinated by space, which I think all kids are. And in high school, I really enjoyed and actually wasn't too bad at chemistry and physics. However, I did almost fail biology, which is not relevant to this like podcast at all, but still really hurts deep down inside. I'm sure I'll bring it up more (laughs) in other podcasts. Anyway, full disclosure, I clearly did not grow up to become a scientist. (laughs) Not only could I not afford to go to college right out of high school, I just don't have a scientific brain. You know, as much as I'm interested in it, I I do not possess the, the type of intellect and intellectual discipline I think that it takes to become a scientist. Uh, I ended up 
going off to the military for 20 years. I got my college education thanks to the GI Bill. And I got it in political science, which also just so much easier to get a degree in political science than it is to get a degree in literally any other actual science. (laughs) However, that didn't stop me and hasn't stopped me from still being very curious. So this episode is dedicated to a scientific concept, or I guess you'd call it like a maybe a field of research known as technosignatures. Again, I am not a scientist. Everything I'm going to talk about is just stuff that I've come across in my research. So how did I come across technosignatures before we actually talk about what it is? Many of you know, for a day job, I do political commentary for the Political Insider. And one of my beats, I guess you would call it, is the UAP or like Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon UFO beat, mainly because I cover the Pentagon and military issues. And so that kind of goes hand in hand. So for, you know, one of the many articles that I wrote uh, regarding this, the UAP hearings for Congress and things like that, I came across an article that had a quote from somebody who I know. Uh, there, I came across this quote from Jacob Hawk Misra, who I went to high school with. How cool is that? So he, you know, we were in high school together. I wouldn't say that we were like best friends. I'm not entirely sure I really had any best friends in high school. I kind of just didn't really fit in. I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't like a pariah or anything in high school, but I just didn't, I just, high school wasn't my jam in terms of like social norms. I didn't fit in with any real group. But Jacob was always really nice to me. I believe he worked at a subway when we were in high school, and I think it was in the same strip mall as the bakery that I worked in. But anyway, he grew up to become an astrobiologist and an author. And he does research for the Blue Marble Space Institute of Science. And that's kind of how I got introduced to this idea of technosignatures was kind of going down this rabbit hole of like, oh my gosh, I know this guy. What, you know, what has he been doing with his life? And then realizing that he's incredibly intelligent, <laughs> certainly was smarter than I am. So that's how I came across it. So let's first talk about what what is this whole technosignatures thing? Technosignatures is this idea that perhaps when we are looking into space to see if there are alien civilizations or or other you know life forms out there, that perhaps we're not looking at the right at the right stuff. We should be looking at technosignatures. So how how have we been for the most part in modern times looking? So let's talk about SETI. Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, I think is what that stands for. The first time I got introduced to that was obviously the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, which is not a very good movie, but it's a it's a favorite if you're into aliens. So SETI basically has been searching for aliens for like targeted signal signals coming from aliens. So like, you know, radio, radar waves, things like that. However, if you think about it, if you think about us, we rarely purposely send out like a targeted message into space so what does that mean like like we we've done it but we don't do it very often where we purposely like send a radio or radar message into space for an alien to see most of the time it's kind of accidental so if we don't do it on purpose why would we assume that aliens or other life is also doing that so you know because maybe, they, maybe they're not like us, right? Maybe the, the aliens out there, if there are any, don't really want to be found. Or maybe they haven't reached a an evolutionary part of their you know society that they even have a, a concept that there might be other life out there. So, you know, 
the SETI has kind of changed up their thought process a little bit in terms of looking for targeted radio signals, looking for more kind of accidental. And so if you think about it, like we put out radar, radio waves, and television signals into space all the time, which kind of is, is frightening, right? Because some of the trash we listen to and watch, I mean, think about it, Honey Boo Boo. I don't, I don't even know if that's a show anymore, but I remember it used to be. Uh, and I was obviously fascinated with it because it's a train wreck. Um, my Lotto Home, that's one of my favorite shows. The guy that hosts that show is just fantastic and fabulous. Hoarders, Strange Addictions. I mean, can you imagine those type of shows being out there and aliens finding it? That's kind of a whole different <laughs> tangent. So that's theoretically, or not even theoretically, That is that is what has been the main focus of the search for scientific search for extraterrestrial life. So techno signatures is the idea of looking for signs of technology that could be from aliens. So, and again, I am not a scientist, but there's this other acronym, SETA, which is this idea of search for extraterrestrial artifacts. So let's think about it. You're basically talking about space junk, right? We have crap just hanging out on the moon, rovers on Mars, or satellites, right? You know, my boyfriend, Elon Musk, he put his Tesla, or a Tesla, probably not his own, but I guess they're all his, right? He put his Tesla into space. So it's kind of that same idea that maybe other alien life has things similar, right? You know, like rovers and satellites, or, or maybe their version of a Tesla, <laughs> Um, you know, so you, you think about things like that. Then you have like this idea of much larger items. Now I'm going to butcher the name of this just terribly because it's got, I don't know, like 57 <laughs> vowels in it. In 2017, a 300 foot structure came through our solar system called, here we go. Are you ready? Oumuamua. I have no idea if I said that right. It's fun to say though, Oumuamua. So this, this structure, what made it kind of interesting, it doesn't really look like anything else that we've seen pass through our solar system, it seemed to have a bizarre trajectory as well. Um, and it's it's kind of maintained a bit of, uh, you know, focus in the UFO community, if you will, thanks to a scientist, Avi Loeb. I might, I possibly said his name in, incorrectly. Avi Loeb, who's a Harvard scientist who created this, uh, this Galileo project, which, um, is, is sort of based off of what he thinks this Oumuamua is a, is a techno signature, basically. It could be like a piece from a alien craft, uh, which is pretty exciting. And I think in his, with his project, he, it's gotten a little bit of controversy in the scientific community because he's partnered with some folks who are, are considered not your traditional science, I guess, folks, right? So like, I think Nick Pope, who is, he worked with the Ministry of Defense, which is out in, in England, um, on UFOs. He's also on Ancient Aliens. He's probably my favorite Ancient Aliens person, if I were to think about it. Um, although I do like the female journalist. She's pretty good, too. And then I also think Lou Elizondo, who's the... I've talked about him before. He was um, the show Unidentified. We used to work at the Pentagon on UAPs. I think he's also a partner with it. That might have changed, but... Last I checked, it was. So you've got this this large item like a muamua, and then you have another concept of looking for what are called like mega structures. So this idea that 
and this sounds awesome to me, that maybe alien civilizations have found a way to use like huge solar panels around their suns to harness energy. And that could be something that they'd be able to detect with telescopes and such. So along with technosignatures, you have this idea of biosignatures, right? So a biosignature, if you think about here on Earth, would be like uh, shells, feathers from birds, fossils, things on a planet that show that there was life, you know, um, gas in the atmosphere, certain gases like oxygen, methane, so like cow farts, if you will, <laughs> or like just my own family's farts. We probably create enough methane to be its own biosignature for alien life. If they were looking at Earth, they'd probably be like, man, there's a lot of methane like focused in around this, this part of the planet and it's probably my house um so along those same lines of the biosignatures you could have atmospheric technosignatures so let's say and just like stay with me here let's say if if a life form or civilization has had a technological or say an industrial revolution the atmosphere would show signs of that right now for all of my right-leaning conservative listeners out there like i know who you are like, just stay with me. Yes, I'm going to be talking about the climate. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be preaching that there is some sort of huge climate change. But there is some realities with climate, right? When you have, you know, an advancement in technology, an advancement in, you know, industry, certain industries, there will be chemicals that will be present in the atmosphere that wouldn't have been if people weren't around. That's just true. Um, and so, you know, reading up, to circle back to the high school super smart guy, Jacob Hakmisra, which I might be saying his name wrong. It's been obviously, you know, over two decades since I've spoken to him, which I apologize, Jacob, if you're listening. He sort of mentions this in a lot of his writings that we could be looking not just for like oxygen and like methane, but also atmospheric technosignatures. Uh, and he also talks about things like like dense city lights, right? You can look at our planet and you can tell where a large amount of civilization is based off of the lights that you see. And they're actually trying to like categorize, like create a listing of possible techno signatures in the community so that we can kind of expand this search for alien life. So what are my thoughts on this? I think it's fantastic and I think it's so exciting. I think it definitely broadens the scope. It shows a legitimacy towards actually finding other life out there, which I think is fantastic. I think often this this world of like UFOs and alien encounters and things can get very, can get a bad rap, you know, like it's all funny games. I like to, I like to sometimes poke fun at some of the stuff too. And, and, you know, there's so many pop culture references that, that make it easy. But at the same time, I think it's great that the, the science world is, is broadening their perspective of what, it, what it would mean. Uh, and I think things like looking for techno signatures will, will increase the chances of us finding other life out there. I want to give some shout outs here because obviously I am not a scientist. Um, if you are interested in this subject more or just in science in general, I highly encourage you to check out uh, or to follow Jacob Hakmisra on Twitter. His handle is at H-A-Q-Q-M-I-S-R-A. He tweets you know, a ton of cool, you know, articles and things like that. I only maybe understand, I don't know, a quarter of it because I am not as intelligent as he is. Uh, but they're still very fascinating. He has a book coming out 
or it might already be out, uh, called Sovereign Mars. Uh, he talks a lot about like ethics and space exploration. He has his own website, which is his last name.net. So H-A-Q-Q-M-I-S-R-A.net. Uh, he's even in a band, from what I could tell, called the Dolphin Space Program. And the, the music's not going to be it for everybody, but I do happen to enjoy the track Funk on Mars <laughs> and their their recent single, uh, holiday single called Hoofs Up. Um, so, I, I like, I, I have kind of eclectic music taste. Uh, I would equate the sound to kind of like a techno, um, f- you know, funkadelic type sound to it. It's pretty good. You should also follow uh, the Blue Marble Space Institute of Science if you want to know more. Their Twitter handle is at Blue Marble Space. No, no spaces there. And their website is bmsis.org. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it's a bit of a departure from my first eight episodes, but I want to share cool science shit on occasion and attempt to, I'm sure, poorly explain it enough that it interests you to then extend, you know, and look further into it, you know, and talk to your friends about it, family, and maybe your kids. I think science is super cool. And I believe that interest in science has to be nurtured, sort of like a plant. Um, So even though, you know, again, I apologize, Jacob, I'm sure if you're listening, you're like, man, she really butchered like all of that. Uh, But I hope, I hope everybody enjoyed it and at least found it interesting and goes out and learns more. Thank you for listening, and please continue to follow us on Spotify, and please also leave a rating, preferably five stars. This helps support our endeavor by making sure our podcast shows up on general searches more often. The next episode, I'll be discussing a subject that used to drive my husband insane when we were in the military. It's the idea that there are UFOs and aliens at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Da da da. I think I also talk about ghosts. Uh, which are my least favorite subject, probably. But apparently it's a thing at Right Pat. Thank you again for listening. And please take the time to follow me on Substack. I publish my podcasts and all my writings on my Substack, titled The Sweet Struggle. You can also find me on Twitter at at Mohawk Moderate. And swing by thepoliticalinsider.com to read my articles and those of my other highly talented fellow writers. My name is Kathleen Anderson, and you've been listening to the eclipse.